0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Islanders Award Winners,
2: the podcast examining seasons in which a New York Islander took home a major NHL award. I'm your host, Dan Saracini. Today, we'll look at Brian Trottier's record-breaking Calder Trophy season and how it helped transform the Islanders from surprise semifinalist to consistent contender. Lighthouse Hockey is SB Nation's home for New York Islanders news and discussion. You can subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching Lighthouse Hockey in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or any podcasting app of your choice. Or you can listen right from our website at www.lighthousehockey.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you can, as it really does help raise our profile. And as always, thank you for listening. And now, on to Brian Trottier, Calder Trophy, 1976. My biggest asset is that I work hard, work hard, and work hard. Islanders rookie Brian Trottier, training camp, 1975. Both born in the early 1970s, the World Hockey Association had a big influence on the New York Islanders. The franchise was given life in the first place, thanks in large part to powers who wanted to keep the rebel WHA out of the newly completed Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. When Dennis Potvin was selected by the Islanders first overall in 1973, the standout defenseman could have made a ton of dough if he hadn't preferred to play in the more established NHL. A year later, the Elder League made a change in its draft rules to keep as many young players from joining its rival as it could. January of 1974, the NHL Board of Governors decided that clubs would be permitted to select one underage player in either the first or second round of that year's draft. The idea was that players could be locked up and away from the WHA's flashy grip before they even hit 18 years of age. Earl Ingerfield, a Western Canada scout and one-time interim head coach of the Islanders in their expansion year, kept telling General Manager Bill Tory about a kid he just had to see. The 17-year-old was flying under the radar on a stacked team, and thanks to the new draft rule, the Islanders had an opportunity to take a talented player before most of the rest of the hockey world even knew who he was. And so in winter of 1974, during a blizzard, Bill Torrey was in Swift Current, Saskatchewan to see Brian Trottier play. The kid only played in the third period of the game. He scored twice. And Torrey had seen all he needed to see. Trottier had the tools the Islanders were looking for, and if they didn't take him, someone else would have the following year. After drafting Clark Gillies third overall in the 1974 amateur draft, Torrey and the Islanders used their underage selection in the second round to take Trottier at number 22 overall. Born in Val Marie, Saskatchewan, population about 300 people. Brian was the second of five kids and the oldest boy in the Trottier family. They were farm people, living and working on 960 acres and caring for 70 head of cattle. The Trottiers had a very strong work ethic and a love of music, often performing on stage as a complete band. Brian played bass and sang backup. By nine years old, Brian was already on the ice, skating on the frigid water of Saskatchewan. His father would flood the creek behind their house by taking out beaver dams with a machete. As young Brian's skills increased, so did his toughness, not only on the ice against other players, but against the insults hurled at him because of his French, Irish, Cree, and Chippewa heritage. At 5'10, Trottier wasn't usually the biggest guy in the ice. He took a lot of lumps in junior, losing a few teeth, and a lot of fights. But the baby-faced teenager had an exceptional scoring touch and was nearly impossible to get off the puck. In his second year with the Swift Current Broncos, he compiled 41 goals and 71 assists for 112 points for a Memorial Cup contender. And yet he still wasn't on a lot of teams' draft boards. So Torrey pounced at the 74 draft, and soon the 18-year-old was on Long Island for the next season's training camp. The plan was always to send Trottier back to junior at the end of camp. Tory said at the time, quote, Brian probably would have been a high first round pick the next year, but we felt the extra year in junior would do him a lot of good, and fortunately, so did his parents. Even though his first NHL training camp stay was a short one, Trotier made quite an impression. Clark Gillies already knew how good he was from playing against him in juniors. The NHL guys, on the other hand, were unprepared. Billy Harris said Trottier, quote, could play right now and be the best player on the team. Captain Ed Westfall described him as, quote, a left-handed shooting Gordie Howe in the making. Trottier balanced being preternaturally strong on the puck with being a quiet kid off the ice, keeping his mouth shut and taking in as much as he could from the veterans. When he was returned to the Broncos, who had moved from Swift Current to Lethbridge, Alberta in the meantime, Trottet had an unbelievable individual season. He was named team captain, and now under coach Earl Ingerfield, piled up 46 goals and 98 assists for 144 points, while averaging about 30 minutes of ice time per night. He was named MVP of the Western Canada Hockey League, and later MVP of Team Canada at the 1975 World Junior Championship. The leadership and physical maturation time helped him become an even better player than he was in his draft year. Trottier credited Ingerfield with helping him increase his hockey sense, probably one of the first times that term was used before it became a frequent NHL draft broadcast buzzword. He got better at tracking the puck, making quick decisions, and knowing where his teammates were on the ice at all times. Although he missed the Islanders' miracle run to the NHL semifinals in 1975, forward J.P. Parisi later said that Trottier could have made a difference had the Islanders promoted it. The next training camp was the start of a new story. Although he called himself, quote, the baby of the team, as days went on, the 19-year-old caught the eyes of more and more people. Even stoic coach Al Arbor was moved enough to practically gush, quote, he's well put together, he's impressive, I like what I see. Torrey was even more blunt, saying Trottier was the best player in camp. In addition to standing out on the ice, Trottier was unfailingly polite and humble, and was focused on being, quote, like a sponge, big ears and big eyes. He even let the team choose his uniform number for him, basically taking whatever they gave him with a smile on his face.
1: And I was just kind of like, you know, watching my P's and Q's all the way through training camp. And finally, Jimmy Pickard, the equipment guy, comes out to me, goes, well, kid, we got to pick a number for you. And he brought out this huge sweater that was Worn by Dave Cameron the year before. Now, Dave Cameron's like six foot six, 245 pounds, big, burly left winger. I'm like 5'10, 180 pounds, you know, but it's number 19. And I'm thinking, I'm 19 years old. God, Paul Henderson, 19's a cool number. Slide that jersey on. You know, the sleeves are like this part past my arms. It's down over by my knees. And uh, Jimmy says, How do you like it? I said, I love it. I love it. I wasn't giving it back. But 19 became my identity.
2: Trottier impressed all throughout the preseason, playing on a line with Clark Gillies on one side and Billy Harris on the other. Trottier credited the two younger vets with, quote, covering his mistakes, but it was obvious that the trio had chemistry. Amazingly, it wasn't his scoring that was catching attention. Trottier had no goals in the preseason that year, but what he did have was a supernatural ability to never lose the puck and to, quote, hit like a Mack truck, according to Bill Torrey. Trottier could take out much bigger guys with well-placed hip checks and wasn't afraid to hammer someone into the glass. His own mutant ability to affect gravity made him difficult to take out of the play by the same means. When camp broke, Trottier knew he had made the team when Arbor told him, quote, you know what, we're going to keep you around, kid. To the press, the coach played at cagey, saying the kid, quote, has a good chance to make the team's opening night roster. But everyone knew he'd be there, and it wouldn't be long before he had the attention of the entire NHL. The Islanders began their 1975-76 season with a 1-1 tie in Atlanta against the Flames. At their home opener in Uniondale three nights later, they demolished the Los Angeles Kings 7-0, but the game belonged to Brian Trottier who had a hat-trick and two assists in his official coming-out party. Late in the first period, he scored on goalie Rogi Vachon, then assisted on a Billy Harris goal only 18 seconds later. Trache scored again midway through the second, then a third time 24 seconds later to complete the trick. He picked up his final assist on a Jean Potvin goal later in the same period. All of his points came in even strength, and all came against poor Rogi Vachon, who was in net for all seven goals against. Trottier's mind-blowing performance would not be forgotten. Defenseman Dave Lewis said, quote, For a rookie, he's just so cool. He's only played a couple of games up here, but he looks like he's been playing for five years. Dennis Potvan, himself a vet of two full seasons, said Tratier Controls the puck like he owns it. And warned other NHL rookies that they, quote, Better be good if they want to beat out Tratier for Rookie of the Year honors. Goalie Chico Resch, who picked up the shutout, called himself, quote, a spectator and said it was fun watching Trottier be so excited. Coach Al Arbor was effusive in his praise, at least for him, telling reporters after the game that he, quote, certainly didn't expect a night like that. Trottier posed for pictures afterwards with his three pucks and a bunch of hats that had rained down from the stands at the Coliseum. He said it was, quote, probably the most I've ever been applauded in hockey, and that he would remember all of the goals for a lifetime but he was quick to give praise to his teammates and tried to contain himself, saying that, quote, it was just one of those nights. Yeah, right. The five points in a single game tied a team record set by center Dave Hudson, who had a goal and four assists against Vancouver in the Islanders' inaugural season. To the Islanders, Trottier's arrival meant adding a formidable weapon to their already talented arsenal. That was good news for them, and bad news for older players like 27-year-old center Ralph Stewart who suddenly found his once-guaranteed roster spot stolen by a fresh-faced kid almost nine years his junior. Center Bob Bourne, who played 77 games for the club in his rookie season the previous year, was sent back to the Fort Wayne Texans of the Central Hockey League, where he would spend the bulk of the season. While it took, quote, about two months to adjust to his new team, and he worried if he would ever make it back to the NHL, the extra year in the minors turned out to be the best thing for Bourne's career. And keeping Trottier in the NHL turned out to be the best thing for the Islanders. He followed up his amazing performance in Game 2 with only a goal and an assist in Game 3 against Boston. But Trottier managed to do something else in that 3-3 tie. Get the attention of one of the league's premier centermen. He got flipped to the ice by Phil Esposito while the two were battling in the slot. Trottier said he was surprised Espo would do such a thing and that he could have sustained a concussion were he not wearing a helmet. Quote. I'll remember that. It's a long season. Esposito, meanwhile, feigned ignorance at this kid who would dare step to him. When asked after the game about the incident, Esposito said, quote, "Oh, you mean the guy who was holding me all night? He'll learn." Seven points in three games is a pretty sweet start for an NHL rookie. Bartrociere was clearly no flash in the pan. His line with Clark Gillies, only 21 at the time and Billy Harris in his fourth season and still just 23 combined to form a combustible trio. They scored 8 of the Islanders' first 11 goals of the season and made life very difficult for opposing teams. While his teammates were quick to praise him, Trache wasn't wired for self-promotion. He remained quiet and humble and downplayed his crazy start. He described himself as playing quote a little over my head and said quote the fact that newspaper men come to me after the game it makes me think Wow, how did I get here? What am I doing here? That October, the points came fast and furious for the farm boy. Three assists and a win over the feared Montreal Canadiens, a power play goal and a 2-0 shutout over Atlanta, and then another three-assist game and a 5-5 tie with Vancouver, in which the Islanders blew four leads, causing an angry Al Arbor to call his team lax. Trottier picked up just a single assist and a 3 nothing win over Philadelphia, But that was only a small part of the story. The loss was the first in 20 regular season games for the defending Stanley Cup champions, and the tense win proved to the budding Islanders that they could go toe-to-toe with the best in the NHL. They would beat the Flyers again a couple of weeks later, this time at the Spectrum, where the home team had been 20-0-2 in their last 22 games. Trottier assisted on the game-winning goal by Clark Gillies. In the Islanders' first eight games of the season, Trottier Gillies-Harris line had accounted for 12 goals and 20 assists. The young center was responsible for 15 of those 32 points all by himself. Trottier celebrated the hot streak by netting a goal and two assists in a 7-1 beatdown of the Rangers at Nassau Coliseum. Their first line was on fire, but the Islanders weren't winning consistently. Trottier scored their only goal in a 5-1 loss to the last-placed California Golden Seals and their well-traveled goalie, Gary Suitcase-Simmons. Arbor was so mad after the game that he was pacing outside the locker room and practically chain-smoking cigarettes. He wasn't any happier the next night as the Islanders lost again 4-3 in LA, giving up the game-winning goal within the final five minutes. Arbor's team was balancing big wins against good teams with sloppy losses to bad ones. Off the ice, Trottier was melding well with his teammates and around his new home. At first, he stayed with a Lloyd Harbor couple named Pat and Warren Amendola and their four sons, who gave him home cooked meals and let him keep his mind on hockey. The welcoming atmosphere was critical to helping the teenager acclimate to a community thousands of miles away from his own family. Later, he would move in with a member of the team's communication staff. The kid also found a home in the locker room amongst the Islanders veterans. Young and old. But he wasn't absolved from the team's most notorious annual ritual, Al Arbor's birthday pie to the face. Each year, an Islanders rookie was charged with nailing Arbor in the mug with a tin pan full of shaving cream on his birthday. This time, it was up to Trottier. And so on November 1st, 1975, he carried out his mission. And pressed that pie so hard into Arbor's face that he broke the coach's glasses. And for a brief moment, Brian Trottier, thought his NHL career was already done.
1: I did bust his glasses, and I felt horrible about it afterwards, but he skated as hard that day. He took it like a champ, thank goodness. I thought I was going to the minors, because uh, you don't know what's going to happen when you break your coach, coach's glasses after you pie him in the face on his birthday.
2: Arbour probably laughed off the pie incident because he knew what he had in his young first-line center. In his first 11 games as an Islander, Trottier had 7 goals and 13 assists for twenty points and help transform their power play from a joke to a legitimate threat. At every chance, Trotier downplayed his accomplishments and the attention he was getting. In a Newsday feature story that November, he said of linemate Billy Harris, quote, "I don't think I've hit Harry with a good, swift, accurate pass yet this season." End quote. At the time, Harris had a team-leading eight goals, five of which were assisted on by Trottier. Linemate Gillies joked about the kid's dedication to the game which went above and beyond their teammates. Quote, All the other guys are out of the locker room before he's even out of his uniform. Islanders fans knew what they had, too. Trottier was an immediate hit with the Coliseum crowd before, during, and after games. He wouldn't leave a pack of Cub Scouts until every one of their autograph books was signed. Trainer Ron Wasky banned him from signing stuff in the locker room or else, quote, I'd be stuck here all day. Trottier had no time to attend parties or see the sights. There were just too many youth hockey clinics at the racket and Rank, store meet-and-greets, and, and car dealership appearances to attend to first. Brian Trottier was an instant phenomenon. He had five points in a 9-to-1 annihilation of Minnesota just after Thanksgiving, collecting two power play assists, two even-strength assists, and a shorthanded goal. He had points in back-to-back wins over St. Louis— then three assists and a 6-1 win over Pittsburgh, with his line combining for seven total points. Trottier and Harris were getting as close off the ice as they were on it. The two were both humble, quiet, and self-effacing, and it wasn't unusual to see them performing a poor man's Laurel and Hardy routine of no, after you, on their way out the locker room door. Even Harris was sometimes in awe of his center's ability to hold onto the puck for minutes at a time. Quote, He's incredible. I'm around the net and being tied up, and Trotz is going around the net with the puck, shifting in and out, looking to pass to someone. You see that sort of thing sometimes in juniors, where one guy is so good he controls a play like that. But you never see it in this league. A rookie can get away with some things the first time around the league. But Brian has played some clubs two or three times, and he's showing he's no fluke. End quote. With a goal and two assists and a 3-0 win over Buffalo, the Islanders' first victory over the Sabres in 18 games over the course of three-plus seasons, Trottier took over the team's scoring lead with 37 points in 28 games, one more than Dennis Potvin. Trottier also found himself up on the NHL leaderboard with the big boys like Guy Lafleur, Pete Mahovlich, and Marcel Dion, who he was tied with for fifth overall in the league. It would not be the last time that he would be chasing Dion. He had another goal and an assist in a 6-0 win over Minnesota, which was yet another first for the Islanders, who had never had back-to-back shutouts before. While Trottier seemed to be the early runaway favorite for the Calder Trophy as NHL Rookie of the Year, there was another player in his first year in the NHL that was also turning some heads. And that call was coming from inside the house. University of Minnesota Duluth goalie Glenn Resch had been property of the Montreal Canadiens in the early 70s. With Ken Dryden leading them to a cup before even playing a full season, and with Rogie Vachon waiting in the wings, there was simply no room in the Canadians' dressing room for another goalie. So in 1972, Resch was traded to the NHL's new expansion team on Long Island. After a couple of years in the minors, he and Billy Smith combined to take the Islanders on their miracle playoff run in 1975. But with less than 25 regular season games played that year, Resch was still eligible for rookie status in 1975-76, while being one half of one of the most formidable goalie tandems in the league. But Chico, as he was now called, wanted no part of the Calder Trophy. At 27 years old and with three seasons played in the minors, he said winning Rookie of the Year would be, quote, a joke. I'd be embarrassed. They should give it to the young guys. And the only young guy he had in mind was Brian Trottier who was doing things at 19 that most players couldn't even dream of. Resch once told Newsday, quote, I remember what I was doing at 19. I was losing my hair. Trottier, of course, couldn't let his goalie campaign for him without taking himself down a peg. Quote, if he thinks he's too old for the Calder, then I'm too young. Trottier's assault on the NHL continued throughout December. A power play goal in a tie with Atlanta, assists in back-to-back wins over Toronto, a goal in a 7-1 blowout over St. Louis, and another assist in a big win over the Flyers on New Year's Eve 1975 with his family in attendance from Saskatchewan to finally see him play in the big leagues. His 16 goals and 33 assists by January 9th were more than anyone could have hoped for when he made his debut three months earlier. When the selections for the All-Star game came out, three Islanders were named. None were Brian Trottier. Dennis Potvan, Billy Harris, and Chico Resch who was currently riding a personal eight-game unbeaten streak, were selected by Flyers coach Fred Shiro, who was to coach the Campbell Conference All-Stars. Rather than celebrate their own selections, the Islanders were more focused on their star center's exclusion. Defenseman Jean Potvin called it, quote, a joke. His somewhat more diplomatic brother Denny simply said he was, quote, very surprised Brian didn't make it. Trottier remained his quiet self, but he was visibly disappointed by the snub. He said on the day of the announcements, quote, I'd like to be included in the team, I guess. Which was about the most forceful statement he'd make about anything all season long. A few days later, he and his teammates' spirits would be lifted when Shiro finally named Trottier as one of the eight additional players invited to the All-Star game. One of the players he was chosen over was Phil Esposito, who back in October asked who this pushy kid even was. Espo, along with everyone else, sure as hell knew who Brian Trottier was now. Trottier's reputation as a force on the ice would go international shortly after the All-Star announcement. The Russian Soviet wings and Central Army teams were on their North American tours, spending three weeks taking on the best the NHL had to offer. The game between the Islanders and Soviet wings at Nassau Coliseum was seen as a matchup of defensive hockey teams, and it lived up to its billing, ending in a 2-1 win for the Russians. Trottier scored the Islanders' only goal of the game, putting the puck past Russian goalie Alexander Sedelnikov in the second period. But Rush allowed two scores in the same period, one a shorthanded goal after his stick broke, and the second on a long-distance shot with only 14 seconds left in the frame. The Islanders pressed hard in the third, allowing their opponents only four shots on goal, but were unable to equalize. Still, they managed to hold the visitors to their lowest goals total of any game they played during the tour, and they felt it was a well-played game despite the loss. Just prior to the All Star game, Trache added two more assists to his totals, both on goals by Clark Gillies. They were Gillies' 19th and 20th scores of the season, and by now, their line with Billy Harris had been dubbed the Long Island Lighting Company, a reference to both the power company that served residents at the time and the trio's ability to ignite the red lights behind goalies' heads. At the midway point of the season, the Islanders were good, but not great. They were tied in the Patrick division with Atlanta at 52 points but both trailed Philadelphia by a whopping 14 points. Trottier still led his team in scoring, with 16 goals and 36 assists for 52 points, but he had dropped to ninth in the NHL. While Philadelphia could be a house of horrors during the regular season, it was also the site of the 1976 NHL All-Star Game. As expected, Brian Trottier was just happy to be there, a the 19-year-old kid one season removed from playing in juniors was now hobnobbing with the league's best. Quote, It made me feel proud and like I belong. I imagine I'll be a little scared going into the game. It should be very exciting, though. Just being named to the team gave me a feeling of accomplishment. But the kid didn't stop at just showing up. Trottier picked up two assists in the Campbell Conference's 7-5 loss to the Wales Conference, but the score and his personal stats became just small parts of the story. The Islanders' contingent of Trottier, Dennis Potvan, Billy Harris, and Chico Resch who started the game for the Campbell Conference, nearly propelled their team to a win on their own. And the kid absolutely wowed his teammates, his competition, the Spectrum crowd, and even old Fred Shiro, the Flyers coach who initially left the NHL's number one rookie off the team entirely. Shiro said after the game, quote, the thing that gets me about this kid is his coolness. Hell, he's just a baby, really. And he's out there on the ice with grown men crowding around him and trying to take the puck away from him. And he doesn't get nervous at all. Trottier's two helpers came within a span of 10 seconds in the third period. He and linemate Harris set up two quick goals by Vancouver's Dennis Vervegaard against Toronto's Wayne Thomas. At the time, the two tallies in 10 seconds were the fastest pair of goals ever scored by a player in an NHL All-Star game. The Campbell Conference tried to equalize, with Trottier on the ice in the last few minutes pressing for a goal, but could find no luck. Said Trottier after the game, quote, We had that rhythm, but the band stopped playing. Back on Long Island, the band kept playing, and the Trottier Accolade Parade kept on marching. In a 5-0 round of the Kings at the end of January, the center surpassed Dennis Potvin's team record for points by a rookie on a goal assisted on, ironically, by Potvin himself. By now, Trottier had 17 goals and 38 assists for 55 points in only 45 career games at the NHL. Potvin had 54 points in 77 games two seasons earlier. What had been seen as a once-in-a-generation rookie season by a potential franchise cornerstone had now been replicated by an even younger player in just three quarters of the time. But the notoriously overconfident Potvan didn't see the new kid as competition. Quote, I'm really happy for Brian. I feel it's a good sign of how our club has improved since I set that record. The least impressed person was Trotier, who joked after the game that he couldn't care less about the record and then, quote, I've only scored about two good goals. The other 15 have been lucky. He finished by throwing it back to his teammates. Quote, let's face it though, I'm with a really good team. And they were. The shutout was Billy Smith's third of the season and eighth for the Islanders. The team was riding a five-game unbeaten streak and had opened up a five-point lead on the Flames within the Patrick division. Podman had 10 points in three games. Not only were the stars killing it, but so were guys like center Ralph Stewart one of the old dudes Trottier had pushed into the background. Also taking notice that night was King star Marcel Dion, who said of Trotier, quote, the kid plays like he's been in the league for five or six years. Billy Harris finally has a center to play with, that's for sure. And when you add Gillies, well, that's a hell of a lie. Dion wasn't just one of the men Trottier was chasing in the league scoring race that season. He was also the guy who set the NHL's rookie scoring record with 28 goals and 49 assists for 77 points back in 1971-72, a mark that Trottier was now within spinning distance of with almost half a season to go. Trottier had a goal, assist, and a missed penalty shot in a 4-3 win over Minnesota, then another goal two nights later in a win over the Leafs. In a tie with the Blues, he had an assist on the 200th goal of Billy Harris's career. The tally was the Islanders' 68th that season with the man advantage, the best in the NHL. They had only had 51 the year before, and an anemic 28 in their inaugural season. For all of his incredible skill, perhaps Trottier's biggest contribution to the Islanders in his rookie season was his pivotal role in transforming their power play from a small trickle to an on-rushing river. Dennis Potvin said, quote, We didn't have much of a power play until Brian came along. With him at center... Our power play is as good or almost as good as the Canadiens, and theirs is as good as any. Not only is Brian doing well on it, but the rest of us are finding it a lot easier to score because they have to pay so much attention to him. There's a reason Potvin compared the Islanders' power play to Montreal's. The Habs had set the NHL record with 92 power play goals just the season before, and the Islanders, in constant need to prove their place among the league's best, wanted to out-Habs the Habs. But soon enough, they had bigger problems. A 6-5 win over the Rangers gave the Islanders a team record 10-game unbeaten streak. And then the crash happened. A 4-2 loss to Philadelphia was a reality check, and suddenly that 10-game unbeaten streak became a 5-game winless skid. Arbor even took the drastic step of benching Dennis Potvin, his all-star defenseman, for some egregious mistakes in a 4-4 tie with the Penguins. You can hear more about that in our episode last season about Potvin's first Norris Trophy-winning campaign. After enduring a mini-slump of his own, at least by his already high standards, Trottier broke out with a two-goal performance in a 3-1 win over Buffalo. Light-scoring winger Billy McMillan saw in his young teammate reminders of a star from a bygone era. Quote, Brian has those magic feet, just like Red Kelly. In fact, he might even have better footwork than Kelly ever had, and he's still learning. Also, he's got those magic hands. Chico Resch described Trottier's skills in terms of stars too, including one of a different sport in their same era. Quote, He's got the touch of Jack Nicklaus around the net. He's the most natural goal scorer I've seen. He's like Stan Makita. He gets a shot away so quick. He cuts through the slot and the goalie moves with him, but he can fool you because he shoots so well off of either foot. Trottier's individual skills were superb, but they also helped his linemates unlock even more levels for themselves. By mid-February, Hulking second-year forward Clark Gillies led the Islanders with 27 goals, and Harris, the team's first-ever draft pick, was establishing himself as a heck of a player in his own right. The three had forged a bond that seemed to get more refined every game. Gillies, quote, I think we're fairly similar in the way all three of us play, and it just seemed to mold into a good thing right off the bat. Harry and I, we like to break down the wings, and Brian he can carry the puck and we work with him. He'll carry the puck until a guy comes to him and then he'll pass it off. I think all three of us work hard in the corners. You've got to have everybody doing everybody else's job one time or another, and you've got to be able to cover up for the guys, and that's the secret, I think. That was from a Newsday feature published on February 19, 1976. That night, Trottier had two assists and an empty net goal in a 5-3 win in Detroit. The game winner was yet another power play goal, the 74th for the Islanders that season. Billy Harris said, quote, it's no longer a joke. There really was no secret formula that transformed the Islanders power play. It was just simple, smart hockey with a supremely talented kid at its center. Islanders captain Ed Westfall said, quote, Gillies has the size and creates disturbances in the slot. Brian is the puck handler and corner worker. He can pick the eyes out of anything. Bill shoots so well and has good moves that gives them a lot of control up front, end quote. Even if you dealt with the forwards, you still had Dennis Potvin on the back end distributing the puck and sneaking in from the point. Phil Esposito, who by now had been traded from Boston to the Rangers in a blockbuster deal, saw comparisons between the Islanders and a dominant Bruins power play that he used to be a part of. Quote, Dennis controls it all right, but he has a lot of help. Harris stands in front or at the side like Ken Hodge did when I was with the Bruins. Trottier is doing his thing in the corners. And when Gillies gets in front of the slot, no one can move him. With an assist and a 2-1 win over the California Golden Seals, Brian Trottier tied two NHL records for rookies. He matched Jude Druan's mark for assists with 52, set when he was with Minnesota, and Marcel Dion's record for points in a season with 77. Two nights later, in a 3-3 tie with Vancouver, Troche had two assists past both Dion and Drouin. With a month to go in the season, the 19-year-old had 54 assists and 79 points to go along with 25 goals. He was more relieved than celebratory and was glad to finally put the talk of whether he'd hit the individual benchmarks to bed. The tie was also the 1,000th game of Ed Westfall's career, and the Islanders' captain took the time to be impressed by his rookie teammate. Quote, Brian is so methodical in everything he does. He has fluid motion moving down the ice, and he hardly ever gives up the puck. Was it weird for Jude Druan to play on the same team with the kid who broke his record for assists by a rookie? Not according to him. Quote, I'm glad for him because he's my teammate. I'm glad on this team we all compliment each other, and we know how important each other is. If Trottier, Druin and the Islanders were focused on team success, they were certainly happier a few nights later when they clinched a playoff berth with a 5-3 win over Washington. It took until the final weekend of the season for the Isles to clinch their first playoff berth the previous year. Now, they were in with more than a month to spare. Trottier picked up two more assists, including one on the second of Billy Harris's two goals on the evening. The helpers gave him 56 on the season to set yet another record, this time an Islanders' team mark for most assists in a season. Dennis Potvin had finished with 55 the year before. From here, almost everything else for Brian Trottier and the Islanders was gravy. They had established beyond a reasonable doubt that they were one of the best teams in the NHL, and their first-line center was a star. Chico Resch picked up his seventh shutout of the season in a 4-0 blanking of St. Louis, while Trottier scored a power play goal. He would net another, the Islanders' 84th of the season, in a tie with the Leafs a few days later. The Islanders were on their second 10-game unbeaten streak of the season, and were now so close to the Habs record for power play goals that they could taste it. The winning streak would go to 11 with a 5-3 win in Chicago, but would come to an end two nights later in Minnesota. After two wins, a loss, and a tie, the Islanders beat the Flyers 5-1 at home to take the season series from the defending champs, who had been a ridiculous 21 and 7 in their previous 28 games. In the win, Dennis Potman became just the second NHL defenseman to score 30 goals in a season. And the Islanders grabbed two more power play goals, giving them 91 on the season, just one behind Montreal's record. The Flyers knew the Islanders were dangerous. Coach Fred Shiro said, quote, They're bigger and stronger than we are. They don't have the all-around ability of the Canadians, so they have to be physical. I'd rather play the Canadians anytime, though. They give you one or two shots a game. The Islanders are banging bodies all night. Shiro played at KG when it came to Trottier, saying, quote, he hadn't seen enough of him to rate him, but his players knew what the Islanders had in this kid. Defenseman Jim Watson told Newsday, quote, he's got so much poise, and though he's still a teenager, he already looks like a leader. Forward Don Seleski said Trottier was, quote, one of the best to come into the league in a long time. He seems to do everything right. In their final home game of the season, all the Islanders did everything right blitzing the Rangers 10-2. Trottier scored just 21 seconds into the game and ended two more assists on top of
1: that. Seconds into it, Brian Trottier getting his 31st of the year from Denny Potman and Jerry Hart, and it happened this way. Billy Smith go to all up in the slot, Trottier, back on the point to Denny Potman, the shot, save in front, the rebound taken by Denny, Denny goes behind the net, Denny behind the net, out on the point to Jerry Hart, Jerry left point, the shot is tipped, rebound, three! And smacked in by Brian Trottier. and after only 21 seconds, the Islanders lead it one nothing.
2: Their final game of the season was the next night, April 4th in Atlanta. Although they lost five two, the game still felt like a triumph. Brian Trottier finished his rookie campaign with 32 goals, 63 assists, and 95 points, all NHL records for a rookie. The Hockey News and the Sporting News named him NHL Rookie of the Year before the season was even over. He finished 11th in the NHL in scoring, and only three points behind Dennis Potvin for the team lead. The line of Trottier, Gillies, and Harris had combined for 98 goals, while the tandem of Billy Smith and Chico Resch had the lowest goals against average and were second in goals allowed. The Islanders crossed the 100-point mark for the first time as a franchise, closing with 101. In just their fourth year of existence, the New York Islanders were officially a problem for the NHL, and that leap into credibility was spurred by a 19-year-old from a town of 300 people. The regular season's success had been real and spectacular, but the playoffs would be a different season altogether. Trottier was excited and nervous about his first NHL postseason, but he took inspiration from an unlikely source, himself. Quote, I don't know what to expect in the playoffs but I didn't know what to expect when I went to training camp. I really wasn't thinking I wasn't going to make the team, but I wasn't thinking I was either. I never thought I'd get anywhere near 30 goals and 60 assists, but they happened, and I said to myself, am I really doing this? The Islanders made quick work of the Vancouver Canucks in the first round, wiping them out two games to none in a best-of-three series. Trottier finished with just an assist in each game, but his teammates more than picked up the slack, outscoring the Canucks 8-4 but the party ended abruptly as the Islanders quickly went down two games to none in their quarterfinal series against Buffalo. It had taken three and a half seasons to get a single win against the Sabres, and things were starting to turn that way again. When they finally got a win in Game 3, Trottier contributed two primary assists, but was still looking for his first goal. While other Islanders were starting to heat up, Trottier and his linemates were performing a job equally as important, keeping Buffalo's All-World French Connection line off the score sheet. Through the first three games of the series, the trio of Gilbert Perrault, Rick Martin, and René Robert had only scored twice. Not bad considering that they combined for a ludicrous 128 goals during the regular season. The Islanders tied the series to two thanks to a two-goal breakout game from Dennis Potvin. Trottier picked up an assist on one of the scores. The Sabres were a pretty good defensive team too, and they keyed hard on Trottier to make sure he didn't break out against them. Quote, there's no place to go. Somebody's always on top of you. You can't coast. You have to concentrate on everything. You would think that not scoring would put more pressure on the kid than he had felt all season. But, as usual, he was unflappable, even as the pucks just weren't falling for him. Trotier said, quote, The only problem I can see is some people making a big thing out of this. If I'm not thinking about it, why should other people? Captain and playoff veteran Ed Westfall was more philosophical. Quote, You discover quickly that this is not like the regular season. There's lots of pressure. And then there's the pressure that a young man can bring on himself by listening to people talk or reading in the paper that he's having problems. I'm sure Brian will get a couple before long. He's too good to be shut out through a whole series. Uh, yeah, about that. So Trottier did in fact finish the series with the Sabres with no goals but his contributions to their series victory were all too obvious. He assisted on Clark Gillies' game-winning goal in the series clincher, and his ferocious forechecking helped preserve the 3-2 win and send the Islanders to their second straight Stanley Cup semifinal. After Buffalo pulled goalie Jerry Desjardins for an extra attacker in the final moments of Game 6, Trottier was like a wrecking ball, hitting every saber on the ice throughout the game's final minutes. Clark Gillies said, I don't know what got into him, but he just banged everyone and wouldn't let anybody touch the puck. If we hadn't been so busy trying to protect that lead, we would have just sat back and watched Brian in action. He was devastating. Billy Harris said, quote, No matter what Brian does the rest of his career, I'll always remember that last minute. I think the Sabres will always remember too. In its write-up of the series, Sports Illustrated elevated Trottier's final shift of Game 6 into an epic. Quote, Toward the end, Smith did a Cossack skate dance in his crease as he watched Brian Trottier, the 19-year-old rookie who may be the best pure center to enter the NHL since Jean Beliveau joined the Canadiens 25 years ago, deliver the ultimate in defensive play. Desperate for a game-tying goal, the Sabres tried to form a rush four times during the final 43 seconds. On each occasion, Trottier cleanly checked the puck carrier against the boards or dumped him onto the ice, and the puck never cleared the zone. Quote, They all made my work easy, Smith said. Heading into the semifinals against the scary Montreal Canadiens, the number one center for the Islanders still had no goals. No matter what he did for his teammates or to opposing players, Brian Trottier not putting the puck past the goalie for a few weeks was a problem. Billy Harris led their top line with five goals in the first two rounds of the playoffs, while Gillies had just two. Even if the line had been working at full capacity, it would have taken a monumental effort to overcome a deep, talented, experienced, all-world team like the Habs. In Game 1, Montreal scored twice inside of a minute of the third period to take a 3-2 win. Canadians were up 4-1 in the third period of Game 2, and the Islanders made it interesting by scoring twice, but the Habs held on. Back at home for Game 3, the Islanders went up 2-0, with Trottier finally getting his first goal of the playoffs. It wasn't exactly a thing of beauty, though. Jerry Hart's point shot bounced off of Ken Dryden's right pad, then off of Trottier and into the net. But at that point, both the center and his team were looking for any kind of positive spark that they could find. What a shame, then, that Montreal scored three straight times in the third to take the game and a 3-0 series lead. The Islanders were no strangers to three-game deficits. But there would be no comeback this time. Canadians were not the Pittsburgh Penguins, or even the Philadelphia Flyers. After stealing a 5-2 win in Game 4, the Islanders' 1975-76 season would come to a close in Game 5 by being on the opposite end of the same score. Trottier's goal in Game 3, which was really more of a lucky bounce than a shot, would be the only score for his line in the entire series. Although their scoring dried up, the Islanders' top unit made an impact on Montreal center Bob Ganey, who took nothing away from the young trio. Quote, We had help from our defensemen, Whenever Harris or Gillies or Trottier would be busting down the ice, the defenseman would pick them up. I like that Trottier. He's young and will improve. Goalie Ken Dryden specifically cited Trotier and Gillies, who he called, quote, less than obvious picks, with sparking the Islanders' fast growth in the previous 18 months. When asked what he expected in that year's finals, Habs coach Scotty Bowman said of the Islanders, quote, it won't be any tougher than this series. As usual, Bowman was right. Montreal's loss to the Islanders in Game 4 would be their only defeat in the playoffs that year on their way to the first of four straight Stanley Cups. The loss was an emotional one for the young Islanders, who had had their most spectacular season as a franchise. It just wasn't their time, but Arbour talked after the game in a cracking voice about how proud he was of every player. Although their season didn't end with a championship, a few of his players would go home with some hardware. On June 7, 1976, Brian Trottier was named the winner of the Calder Trophy as NHL Rookie of the Year. He was the second Islander to win the Calder in a span of three years. At the same ceremony, the team's first Calder winner, Dennis Potvan, was awarded his first Norris Trophy as the league's best defenseman. Trottier received 262 of a possible 272 points for the Calder, coming as close as anyone has of becoming a unanimous winner. Coming second in the Calder voting that year was Trottier's teammate Chico Resch, who collected 99 points, 163 behind Trottier's total. Trottier took home an extra $1,500 for winning the Calder, with Resch pocketing $750. In year one, the Islanders were a terrible expansion team. In year two, they had the rookie of the year and a great coach and stunk a little less. In year three, they made the NHL semifinals. And after year four, they had another rookie of the year and the runner-up. The progress was staggering. Predictably, winning the Calder didn't go to Brian Trottier's head. He remained humble and quiet, even as his skills and leadership position within the Islanders grew. His only focus was always on winning a championship, even long after his incredible age 19 season. If you listened to our first season of Islanders Award Winners and have been waiting for a season two, thanks so much for coming back. If you're new to the series, welcome. You've got some catching up to do. You can always check out our past episodes at LighthouseHockey.com or in any podcasting app of your choice. In a few ways, Brian Trottier's Calder Trophy winning season is the reason for this series. In a career as decorated and incredible as his would go on to be, some accomplishments can be obscured no matter how amazing they are. Trottier's rookie season set records and blew minds in a way people had not seen before. To score 95 points in the NHL as a 19-year-old is unbelievable. To be one of, if not the first person to do it, makes the accomplishment unbelievable and groundbreaking. It's one thing to see Calder Trophy winner on Hockey Reference or to read a few sentences about it on Wikipedia, but to see the season unfold as it did, with hot and cold streaks and quotes from the time, makes it all come to life in a different way. That's what I've always hoped to do in this series, and I hope you enjoy it. Islanders Award Winners is written, produced, and edited by Dan Saraceni. Special thanks to Kevin Schultz. Visit Kevin's shop at VintageIceHockey.com where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and more featuring over a hundred classic hockey logos. VintageIceHockey.com also has our Al Arbor t-shirt, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Use the code Lighthouse15 to save 15% off your order. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Check out Lighthouse Hockey every day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a thing. Thanks for listening. See you next time.